G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Some churches focus primarily on worship. They'll even say, we want more worship and shorter sermons. Here's my fear. Sermonettes create Christianettes. There's a need for balance in the worship service of a healthy church. And Pastor Greg Laurie reminds us that God's Word is what feeds us. I want you guys to know your Bibles. Because Jesus said we are to worship Him in spirit and in truth. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. The Sermon on the Mount wasn't the musical on the Mount. It wasn't the drama on the Mount or the interpretive dance on the Mount. It was, however, the Word of God. How often do we actively open up our Bibles and engage with the Scriptures? And what about using the Bible at church? On A New Beginning Today, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to see the importance of opening our Bibles as part of an engaging worship service. All Scripture is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Okay, we're in part two of our two-part series called How to Go to Church. So I'm going to ask you to turn to two uh, chapters of the Bible, Acts chapter 2 and Romans chapter 12. Let's just review a couple of things I've already pointed out and then we'll dive into the final part of this message. Number one, as you may remember, I pointed out to you that Jesus started the church. Jesus loves the church. Remember, we pointed out that the church, and when I say church, I don't mean a building, I mean people. And when I say church, I really mean you, and I mean me, I mean us together. The church exists for three reasons. The glorification of God, the edification of the saints, and the evangelization of the world. Upward, inward, and outward. All right, with that in mind, let's read our text again. We're reading Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. We're looking at the first century church, the church that turned their world upside down. Uh, verse 42, they continued steadfastly, underline those two words please, we'll come back to them. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, underline that too, and the breaking of bread and prayers, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those that were being saved. Why don't we pray together now? Now, Father, as, as we look at your plan for the church, help us to find our place in it. 
so we can get the most out of attending church, but even more get the most out of being a part of the church. So speak to us from your word, we would ask now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so remember we summed up the church of the first century with the acronym WELL. W-E-L-L. They were a worshiping church. They were an evangelistic church. They were a learning church. They were a loving church. We already pointed this out, but we'll review quickly. Number one, they were a worshiping church. And when we gather together, as we just did, and we worship the Lord, something happens, right? You can't get this anywhere else. There's nothing out there like it. When Christians come together and worship, Jesus promises when two or more are gathered together in His name He's there in the midst of them. Scripture tells us that the Lord inhabits the praises of His people. And we should worship if we feel like it or not. Hebrews 13, 15 says we offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. So even if you don't want to worship, you should worship because God is good and God deserves your worship. And how do I do it? I don't just stand there in silence or check the scores on my teams. But I worship verbally, openly, lifting my hands, lifting my voice to God. Now point number two. They were a learning church. This is a very important one. Verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. Here's something vital to understand. God has ordained preaching and teaching. Now look, some people will say, well you know, I like to attend church online. Maybe you can't get out to the church in person. I understand that. I appreciate that. I know there are people that watch even from around our country and the world and, and it's a way for them to still participate. But something special happens when God's people gather together and study the Bible together. And you know it when you're there and you experience it. And this is what the early church did. The church of the first century was a Bible studying church. When it uses the phrase continued steadfastly, it means to continue to do something with intense effort despite difficulty. To continue to do something with intense effort despite difficulty. Are there any things in your life you don't like to do, but you're glad you did them when you're done? You know, maybe it's cleaning up a mess. Oh, I don't want to do it. But you know, you can't find anything. So you clean it up and afterwards you're thinking, I'm glad I did that. Or working out. Who, you know, people like to work out. Some do. I don't know why. They say endorphins are released. I mean, I dread workouts. I complain during workouts. But after I'm done, I'm glad I did one, right? And so that's sometimes what it's like to study the Bible, if we're honest. Now there are times we really want to read the Bible. We were looking forward to it. And then there are times you get up in the morning and you think, maybe I'll just skip it today. You do it anyway. Well, that's legalism. No, friend, that's discipline. And there's a difference. Discipline says I'm going to do it because I need to do it and I know God wants me to do it and I'll be glad I did it when I'm done. So I'm going to read the Bible. That is an absolute I'm going to do this before I do anything else. If I don't have time to check social media or emails or texts or anything else, this one thing I'm going to do is read the Bible. So this is something that we must discipline ourselves to do. Glad you've joined us today for A New Beginning. 
We're listening to Pastor Greg Laurie right now from Harvest Christian Fellowship in California, USA, talking about going to church. And he's pointed out that Acts chapter 2 addresses the importance of studying God's Word as part of our church services. Let's continue. In some churches today, uh, they're getting away from biblical exposition, getting away from teaching, preaching. Some churches focus primarily on worship. They'll even say, we want more worship and shorter sermons. Hold on now, buckaroo. Now understand, I'm not threatened by that because actually my job would be much easier if I gave shorter sermons. Hey, we'll just have a worship service and I'll get up and talk for five minutes, right? But uh, I do what I do because I'm called by God to do this and we need this uh, because worship is a response. Well, thank you. Notice you all didn't clap. Um, <laughs> thank you for those that clapped. The ones that, no, it's too late, it's too late. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna accept that. Okay. Now, now it's out of control and it's become awkward. Okay, sorry. Um, but here's what I was gonna say. It's great to worship. I think we've made that point pretty clearly. But listen, our worship is a response to what we know about God. That's very important. We want to worship with intelligence, not just with emotion. Sometimes there's a lot of passionate worship, but not enough biblical understanding. You know, people say, oh, I love to go to church. I love to worship. I'm so in love with Jesus. I just love the Lord. And They're living immorally, they're doing drugs, they're getting drunk. It's like, wait, Houston, we have a problem. This is what was going on in the church of Corinth. You know, they were using spiritual gifts and they were living immorally. So Paul had to call them out on that and correct them. And I've often said, you know, you could call the book of First and Second Corinthians the book of First and Second Californians because they were a lot like we are and we are a lot like they were. But, uh, We don't want to be weak theologically. We don't have to choose between the two. I've seen some churches where there's a lot of worship, primarily worship, and the message is almost more like a pep talk, almost like cheerleading. And yes, it's short. It's a short message. Oh, we like that church because the sermons are short. Here's my fear. Sermonettes create Christianettes. Okay? I want you guys to know your Bibles. And this is very important because Jesus said we are to worship Him in spirit and in truth. It's possible to worship in truth with no spirit, no passion, no emotion, dead orthodoxy. It's possible to worship in spirit without truth, a lot of emotion without understanding what the Scripture says. Here at Harvest we offer theology without apology. We want you to know the Word of God. Okay, so no question we need anointed preaching. I don't understand how some pastors can make the Bible dull. The Bible is an exciting book. The words jump off the pages and if you have the ability to take the power-packed living Word of God and make it dull, you need to get a new job. Okay, because it's not dull. And some are dull in the way they speak. We do need passionate preaching, but we also need passionate listening. 
This is why Jesus often said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. And these folks in the early church applied themselves to what was being taught from the word of God. Uh, we need to see the value of God's word and long for God's word. Job said in Job 23:12, I've not departed from his commands. I've treasured his words more than my daily food. So it's coming and offering our attention with intention. Again, our attention with intention. This is why I encourage you to take notes or to put it on your phone or however you like to process information but write things down because I will often hear something and I'll say, that's great. I'm gonna remember that and I forget it an hour later, right? But if I write it down and I read my notes, it sparks my memory and I remember not only that but a lot of other things as well. So the key to getting the most out of church is coming with passion. I encourage you to get here early and don't leave early. Some people arrive late and they leave early. That's not a good idea. Because if you arrive late, you miss out on the worship. If you leave early, you miss out on the close of the service, which is very important. But here's the key though that I want to really bring to your attention. Serve in the church. All these people that serve you every Sunday morning, from the people in the parking lot, to the people that may hold a sign or greet you or help you find a seat or watch your children or teach your children. These are all volunteers here at Harvest that are doing this. They're paid nothing for it. They do it because they love the Lord and they love you. So always be sure to thank those people that are serving you because that's very, very important. So this brings us to point three. This was a loving church. They were a learning church. They were a worshiping church. They were a loving church. Verse 42, they continued steadfastly in fellowship. Spirit-filled believers like to meet with other believers. As we learn more from the Word of God, we want to spend time with others who also love the Word of God. And by the way, the Lord loves it when we gather together and talk about Him. See, church is not just a place to come and hear a message about God. It's a place to talk to each other about God. That's what fellowship is. Malachi 3.16 says, those that feared the Lord talked with each other and the Lord listened and heard. And that phrase listened and heard means to prick the ear, to bend down so as not to miss a single word. You know, have you ever been in a room and maybe someone mentions your name and somehow you just pick it up, right? So that's how God is. When we get together and we talk about the Lord, the Lord sort of bends down and He eavesdrops on our conversation. He loves to hear us talk about Him. Listen, when you're walking with God, you want to be with God's people. Let me turn that around. When you're not walking with God as you ought to, you probably won't want to be with God's people as much. The stronger your vertical fellowship is, the stronger your horizontal fellowship will be. So if you find yourself out of fellowship with God, you'll also find yourself out of fellowship with other believers and you'll find yourself saying things like, well, I don't really know if I want to go to church today. Besides, there's so many hypocrites in the church. And when I go, I feel judged by other people. You know, there's so many holier-than-thou people. Now let me say something that will shock you. Maybe you need to be judged a little bit. Judge not, let you be judged. Very nice. That means condemn not. 
I'm not to condemn any other person. But judgment, uh, i.e. evaluation, is something we should do for one another. Helping one another. Encouraging one another. And if necessary, correcting one another. Listen, I reserve the right to confront, if necessary, a fellow believer if they're on the wrong track. Because over in Hebrews 10, to quote it again, it says, let's consider one another to stir each other up to love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much more as we see the day of the Lord approaching. Then over in 2 Timothy 4, it says, that we should preach the word, patiently correct, rebuke, encourage your people with good teaching. So we should help one another, speak to one another. Uh, and maybe the reason you feel judged is maybe you're doing something you shouldn't be doing and that's why you feel judged. And here's another thing to consider. When you say all these holier than thou people, we're supposed to be holy. We always use that in a negative way. Oh, they're so holier than thou, they're holy. Newsflash. The Bible says, God speaking, be holy as I'm holy. He wants us to be holy people, not holier than thou in the way it's used, looking down at a person with condescension, but it means living a life that is honoring to God and wanting to become more like Jesus each and every day. insight on being who the Lord wants us to be. And there's more to come from Pastor Greg Laurie in this message called Count Me In. And next time on A New Beginning, we'll hear the final installment from Pastor Greg in the short series on how to go to church, insight on being the self-sacrificing churchgoer that God desires to see. Hope you can join us same time tomorrow. Now for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Count Me In. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.